It was a stormy and rainy night on Labor Day weekend, and the traffic was intense. We were on a family car ride to the Toronto Hospital for sick children. I had contracted polio, and our house had quarantine signs on it, warning people to stay away. We drove to Toronto in our new four-door sedan, a black 1951 Monarch that looked a lot bigger than the old one. On long trips, I usually slept on the floor, listening to the wheels turn and feeling the little bumps on the highway. But that night I was feeling stiff in my back, wondering why my mother was crying so much and why we were driving in the middle of the night. We eventually arrived at a very big, drab-colored and imposing building, the Toronto Sick Children's Hospital. I was treated for polio there, starting with a lumbar puncture, which was scary and intimidating, not to mention painful. It was performed with a large needle that looked surprisingly like a fishing lure with colored feather-like things on the end, and the big needle protruding. As I write this, I am amazed that my memory of this needle is so vivid. How could it look like that? Was it a dream? Then Mummy and Daddy had to go home, and I was in bed in the hospital for a long time until they returned, and I finally shuffled across a small room with a shiny linoleum tile floor from my dad to my mom to prove that I could walk. I was very happy to get back in the Monarch and go home. I rolled down the window and played airplane with my hand as I smelled the Ontario countryside. By sticking my hand out the window and tilting it up or down, I could fly my arm like an airplane wing. Once at home again, I moved pretty slowly for a while and couldn't keep up with the other kids around town. But I was getting better, and in the fall of 1951, as soon as I was well enough, I began grade one at Omimi Public School. Miss Lamb was my teacher. She used to pick me up off the floor by my chin to get my undivided attention when I misbehaved. The school was a three-story brick building, and I remember King George's picture hanging above the blackboard. We sang God Save the King every morning. Still recovering from the polio, I couldn't run very well when playing with the other kids at recess, although I had no problem getting into trouble with my pal Henry Mason by making faces and weird sounds to disrupt the class. Henry and I were always cutting it up. Ultimately, we both were hanging by our chins at the hand of Miss Lamb. That was the year I started driving, probably late 1951. There was an old Model A or Model T Ford parked on the road near school, and when we walked home for lunch every day, we would pass it. It was black and boxy, unlike any of the newer cars, and we were curious about it. Perhaps I was most curious. One day I got in it and turned the key. The car started to move. I was driving. It was my first drive. As long as I held the key on, the car would move. The owner came out and busted me right there. He told me he was going to tell my mom and dad. I was scared as hell. I walked and walked, terrified to go home for lunch. I missed lunch and went back to school, which got my mom and dad upset. I got in big trouble and confessed to my driving episode myself, without the man who owned the car ever having to tell them anything. 
The seasons came and went with great regularity, and the snows in Omimi were always big and deep. The pure white snow was bright in the sun, almost blinding. When spring arrived, the trees exploded in green and flowers popped out of everyone's gardens, planted in front of and around their houses. Summer came right on time with the tourists from the States and the countless wonderful afternoons at the swimming hole on the Pigeon River under the big cement highway bridge. Then fall would sweep in on schedule, changing the colors of the maple trees to red, brown, and gold, all along our Highway 7, right through the heart of town. With the changing seasons, I could feel something in my bones, an occasional chill and tremor through my body. My soul felt it.